welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We really hope that you'll be blessed by this week's encouraging message. Okay, so here we are. We are on part two of Keep Your Love On. This is the book by Danny Silk, which is amazing, guaranteed to be life-changing. I promise you, you won't regret it. It's never too late. Get the book. Start now. It doesn't matter if you haven't even gotten it, looked at it. Start now. It's never too late. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to hear from the man himself. We're going to watch a short video by Danny, and he's going to talk about what we're going to talk about today, and then I'm going to follow that. So go ahead, guys. on the communication week and in this lesson it's really important that we begin to realize that our our job is to exchange truth back and forth where uh, there's truth inside of you and there's truth inside of the person you're talking to and classically we don't tell each other the truth we try to get each other to do stuff we hide the truth uh, I'm, I'm hurt I'm scared um, I'm angry, I feel disconnected, I, I don't tell you what's going on with me, I just try to get you to do something that I think will help me. And then you do the same thing to me, and then we both end up feeling manipulated, because we are manipulating each other. That's exactly how you should feel when you're not able to see what the other person needs. So in this lesson, what we're going to learn really is identifying what's going on with us, learning how to courageously tell the truth and then manage ourselves instead of trying to manipulate other people or control other people. And then ask the same thing. Know, the, know good questions to ask. Realize that the goal is, is, is not to just agree with each other because typically you're not going to agree with each other. The goal is to understand each other. So. I want to be a, a, a good communicator of helping you understand, but I also want to be a great listener to get a, a clear understanding of what it is that you need. Because what we're getting at is we're getting at what do you need? Ah, okay, let me see if I can find a way to meet that need. Here's what I need. Let me trust you with it. And so this process is what you're going to cover in the book and what you're going to cover in the lesson. So. Have fun being courageous, exchanging the truth this week. That's good. That's straight from the man himself. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, so last week, Steve started us off with the first section, which is connection. <clears throat> he covered healthy and unhealthy <clears throat> or powerful people, I'm sorry, back up the truck. Powerful versus powerless people, which is basically synonymous with healthy versus unhealthy. Right. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I don't have a water. That would be awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Josiah. Thank you, sir. What service? That was perfect. And then Steve talked about connection, and then he talked about fear versus love. So I'm going to recap real quick. Now today, under the umbrella of communication, we're going to talk about healthy, powerful, 
versus unhealthy, powerless communication. We're going to talk about the trust cycle, and we're going to talk about conflict. Yeah. So Steve gave us, <laughs> yeah. So Steve, in talking about powerful people versus powerless people, he gave us a list of their respective MOs, and this is all really good stuff, and I recommend listening to the message last week. If you didn't hear it, and even if you did, listen to it again. You're going to get something new out of it every time. Powerless people, so unhealthy, powerless um, communication, unhealthy, powerless people are driven by fear, trying to control others, and withholding love when love is not given. This is a reduced list for the full list. Listen to the message again. I'm going to this real quick. Powerful people, secure in God's love, motivated by love, know that they can only control themselves and love no matter what. And remember always from 1 John 14, one of my favorite verses, that fear and love run opposite each other. Fear is always destructive. It's always our enemy. And it's always cured in the Father's love. The number one goal, we're still talking about connection right now, the number one goal in healthy relationship is building and protecting connection. Now, if you guys remember, a few years ago, Harold Eberle was here, and he actually brought us the same exact word, but he called it harmony. He was talking about with relationships with other people, and he did this kind of visual thing where something goes on and it breaks the harmony, and you're like, you just kind of know your spouse or you know your friend or whoever it is, and the harmony is just broken. And then he talked about ways to get the harmony back, as only he can. Steve also gave us specific tools for doing this. So now we're starting to hear this again, you know, and as with anything, we learn a lot of times, we learn by hearing Again, we hear things again. So we're starting to learn this new techno uh, not technology, terminology, and what does this stuff mean? So what does it mean to build and protect connection? So if our, if our relationship is healthy, then the lines are flowing. The lines are clear and open. There's not junk clogging the lines. There's not hidden agendas, secrets, um, control manipulation of things like Danny talked about, the slate is clean. We're good. No matter what happens, we're good. That's a protected, healthy connection. And we know humans get themselves in all kinds of messes with each other. But I have personally seen many times that it's possible to keep that connection strong no matter what. You just have to want it. You have to be aware. We're learning. We're learning. We're coming into a whole new awareness of this communication stuff. It's really very good stuff that we all need. So I have seen many times that it, it's, it seems very hard, like once that connection is broken, but you know what? If you really want it, no matter what happens, horrendous things have happened between humans. Horrendous things can and have and have happened to me and have happened to many people in this room and you can still maintain your connection if that is your goal. So the number one goal is, main, is maintaining and protecting that connection. And of course this has all been in God's word all along. In Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, God says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. He says, forgive, be kind, be truthful, Use words that edify all things we've already heard this morning. We heard last week. This has all been there all along. We're just, we're learning. We're packaging it a little bit different. We're, we're kind of processing it, giving it to ourselves, and, 
and um, language that we can understand, the everyday relevant language. And that entire passage is all the same message. It's the same exact message, whether you say it the way Harold did, the way Danny does, the way the Word says, it's all about maintaining, keeping connection strong. And if tension arises, so tensions arise, and if they do, and we respond with something like, fine, whatever. Oh, you guys are laughing. Oh, maybe some of you have done that. In fact, I want to say, whenever we hear or say whatever, it should send up a flag because the connection is broken. That's the first brick in the wall of division can be placed just with that word. All right, whatever. Somebody's checking out. Whatever is a brick-laying word, it's a <laughs> shutdown word. Somebody has shut down. That's not an open communication. But protecting connection says no. No. There's not going to be any walls. There's not going to be any bricks. I am not going to let that happen. I'm going to protect that connection. No bricks, no walls, no shutdown. It's not happening. Sometimes we feel a little cool. You know what? Fine. Whatever. I like that word, whatever. I'm going to punish him by not talking to him. And we think that's so cool. But I got a newsflash for you. It's not cool. It's never going to be cool. It's always going to be destructive. It's always going to be what the enemy wants. It's always going to be from hell. Is it okay if I just speak honestly? I, for, I forgot to mention that I'm not going to be candy coating any of this today. Danny doesn't candy coat in the book. I'm not going to candy coat. So, maintaining connection, protecting connection, no, not happening. Bricks, not happening. Shutdowns, they're not happening. I matter, you matter. This matters. It matters. We're not going to give in to drama because drama will divide us every time and we are going to do what it takes all the time. Stay on it with a very quick turnaround because it's amazing how time works against us with these things. The longer we go, the harder it is to break the silence and reconcile one whatever, take you down the, the downward spiral and put a brick on the wall. I have a friend that I went to high school with and it just so happened that we grew up and we got married and we moved into the same neighborhood. So we kind of stayed in contact a little bit. And she, this is a true story, she and her husband started with the simplest of little whatevers and the wall went up. One little wall, one brick in the wall. All right, fine, whatever. Do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. 30 years later, the wall went through the roof. They stayed together for the sake of the kids. Then at one point they said, okay, are the kids old enough now? All right, I'll see you. One brick at a time. And I remember in the early days it was the stupidest stuff. The stupidest little things. Put a brick. What do you mean you, you want hamburgers instead of hot dogs? Whatever. <laughs> okay, so... That, um, yeah, believe it or not, I'm still, this is, I'm still um, recapping. I'm going to get 
We're getting there, I promise. Okay, so why, why is all this? What's going on? What's the Father doing? What is the Father doing right now today at New Hope? Well, because Ephesians, what he's doing is that while we know that Ephesians 2.6 tells us that we're seated in heavenly places with him, we live here with humans, and that a state of mature love and harmony and healthy connection and a drama-free environment is not the default. We need to be aware of that. That's not, it doesn't just happen on its own. You don't have to be alive very long to know that the things that constantly attack connection. And God said that we're ambassadors from heaven to earth Amen. where perfect love and connection are happening all the time. Ambassadors are highly skilled and educated people. They know what they're doing, so we need to know what we're doing. We need to know what we're doing. We need these tools. This is amazing, good stuff. Now this is what we're doing. We're being educated. We're learning what this stuff is called. We're learning what's healthy and what's powerful and what isn't. And we need to decide if we want to be part of the problem or part of the solution. Grow up and decide. We all need to grow up and decide. I loved when Martin Trench was here and he was talking about um, something or other with human interaction and he said, and I decided to put on my big boy pants and grow up. So we need to decide. Do we want to be part of the problem or part of the solution? No one can make that decision for us. We each make it individually. And like Steve said, powerful people take responsibility for themselves. At some point, we each need to make a decision to get over ourselves. Ooh. Healthy relationships and maturity take work, and we have to make an investment. Recently, I was talking with somebody who asked me about my personal testimony of my journey to emotional wellness. Some of you in this room know me very well. Some of you in this room don't know me at all. And I can summarize it to say I was probably the worst of the worst in terms of emotional woundedness and issues coming to the Lord as an adult. And she said, what, what happened? What was, the, what was the biggest driving force? What was the biggest factor? What, how did you do it? And I said, I wanted it. That's what it was. I decided that I didn't want to be unhealthy anymore. I decided that I just don't, I just don't want to do this anymore. And for me, it was a mind over matter thing. I just, I don't want to do any of that stuff anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the destruction, the things that it does in my life and things that it does to, in the lives of people that I love. And I made that decision, and that's what it was that took me through the tough places to get healed. And that is, that is the fork in the road that we're all at and we can make a decision to be strong and powerful and healthy and educated and wise and skilled workers and accurate arrows because there's a whole lot of drama out there. And here's what happens. We pray. We, as a body, new hope, we are a praying people. Check it out in the prayer room every Sunday before service. We are a Holy Spirit, fire, praying group of believers. We cry out for salvations and for healing, restoration of marriages and families, return of the prodigals. We did it this morning. We do it every Sunday. And God says, that's good. I am so glad you prayed that. For two reasons. Number one, 
I want to do it. Number two, I want to do all the things that must be put in place first. And we find out that it sets in motion a series of events that we would never have thought about, we would not have prayed about, we would not have asked for, but we have given the Father permission to work because he doesn't usually wave a magic wand and say, healed. He says, you want to see your family restored? I'm going to teach you how to listen to them. You want your marriage restored? Then you're going to have to stop caring about being right. You want to see people saved? You want to be a leader? You want to minister to the brokenhearted? You want to change the world? Then you're going to wash some feet. I'm going to teach you how to talk to people the way I talk to them. This is the heart of the Father. This is what this is all about. I'm going to teach you how to talk to people the way I talk to them. Does that include my mom? Yeah. He's just my husband. She's just my mom. Oh, that's just my best friend. Oh, I've known her forever. Do I need to talk to my sister that way? Yes, all of them. I'm going to teach you how to talk to people the way I talk to them. But God, you don't know how difficult that person is. No, I'm God. I know everything, remember? I'm going to teach you how to talk to people the way I talk to them. So we're continuing under the umbrella of healthy, powerful versus unhealthy, powerless. And we're going to move on to communication and what uh, that in includes. So continuing under that umbrella, keep that in mind. You have, we have healthy, we have unhealthy, we have powerful, we have powerless. Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's going on inside of you is going to come out your mouth. Period. Jesus said so, and you can't fake it. So when we communicate, we do the Superman thing. Right? This is what we do when we, when we talk to people. We reveal what's really going on in there. God designed it that way to keep us honest. Why did God do that? Think about it. Why did God do that? Because then we can't keep secrets. Because then we can't keep hidden agendas. We can't go off on our own little manipulation uh, agenda. He did it that way on purpose to keep us honest. So, what's in there? If it's fear, then what comes out of your mouth is going to be unhealthy and powerless. And let's settle it. If you think about it, probably most, if not all, the issues that we deal with in one way or another are rooted in a fear. 90 plus, 90 plus percent, it's got to be. So what's in there? Is it fear or is it faith, hope, and love? And then what comes out of your mouth is going to be powerful and healthy. And remember what Danny told us, the goal of communication is to reveal what's going on inside. You know, it is, it's like a paradigm shift from where the world lives, where human beings naturally live. Where do humans naturally live? Not there. We have to learn. We have to learn how to do that. The goal of communication is to reveal what's really going on inside. So the goal of me telling you something is for you to know the truth about what's in my heart. 
but fear will always cause us to try to hide what's really going on in there, and that results in disaster. And sometimes we can be so fearful and pent up that we don't even know what's going on inside our own heart. And we need, if that's the case, we need to start by getting ourselves untangled. Visualize an argument between spouses. Walls up, accusations, control tactics, all the things Danny talked about. Self-protection instead of transparency. And it gets so complicated. We've heard that word, right? Side note. It's complicated. Oh, so what you're saying is you guys haven't gotten over yourselves yet. It's complicated. It's complicated. Either both of you or one of you doesn't know what's going on in your heart. You haven't gotten over yourselves. And then when that happens, the end point is I don't even know anymore. You can picture that. I don't even know anymore. I can't even tell you what's really going on in my heart. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. I'm so confused and it's so complicated. I don't even know myself. Time out. If that's you and you don't know your own, your own heart, take a step back and get untangled. It's okay. The Father will do it. You're safe. That was me, big time. If that's you, come and see me afterwards. You can't scare me. I am a card-carrying rehabilitated drama queen. <laughs> this proves it. This is my card. It says rehabilitated drama queen and there's a picture of a crown. And then there's a circle around the crown with a line through it. So it's okay. It's okay. Come see me. You can't scare me. We can't understand someone else's heart if we don't understand our own heart. So Danny identifies three types of unhealthy, powerless communication. Passive, aggressive, and passive-aggressive. Of course, when I was preparing this and I told Mark about that, his little smart-alecky <laughs> self said, what about passive-passive and aggressive-aggressive? I said, well... I, I, those don't exist as far as I know. So passive. Passive communicators are so afraid to reveal their heart that they pretend there's nothing in there. Passive communicators are so afraid to reveal their heart that they pretend that there's nothing in there. So they typically respond with things like, whatever you think, you decide. Nope, I'm good. It's false humility. And Danny calls them lying cowards. I'm going to say that again. It's false humility. And Danny calls them lying cowards. They lie to themselves and others. And it ends in, result, uh, it ends in disaster. Because eventually they'll get so, so bottled up. and have, They know there's needs. They just don't want to reveal them. Eventually they're so pent up they throw up their hands and walk away from the relationship. So we have a, uh, we have a friend, Mark and I have a friend, she's a, she's a nice lady, she's an older Italian woman, you guys know them, right? So you got a story about an older Italian woman, so you guys are all getting the, the low visual, right? Get the image of the sweet lady, right? 
So her favorite word is fiasco. <laughs> Isn't that a funny word? No, for real. What about that word? As a fiasco. Okay, a fiasco, I looked it up. I looked it up. It's a complete failure, a debacle. A shambles, a farce, a mess. So, so the thing is, though, this woman is so sincere in her efforts to make the world perfect. She's kind of a micromanager. So, so she's so serious about, uh, and you know, this happens, because my mom was a lot like that. She was so serious about everything. And how many people told her, you know what, you just need to lighten up a little bit. So, so this dear woman is so serious about the things that she's trying to micromanage and set in place so the world will be more perfect that um, she, when she uses the word fiasco, now Mark and I have to stop from laughing. We have to kind of stop ourselves because she's serious. That was another fiasco. Wait till I tell you what happened with this one. That wasn't enough. Then there was another fiasco. And so now we try to stay serious, like that was that was inappropriate. And inside we're like, there's that word again, fiasco. It's all freaking funny. So the reason I tell you that story is because I mean, if we can have a little bit of fun with this, and I just want to tell you that I do have permission to have fun today because that yesterday I got a text message from Steve, and he said, I'm praying for you, go for it, and he said, have fun with it. <laughs> so I have Steve's permission to have fun. So here's what I'm thinking. The unhealthy communication styles, you know what they do? They end in fiasco. There's another fiasco. Okay, so passive, what a fiasco. Pretending there's nothing going on, come on, really? Okay, so... So fiasco number two would be aggressive communicators. Okay, so these are like T-Rexes. <laughs> this is what Danny said. Okay, so aggressive communicator, I matter, you don't. I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm louder, and I will have my way. This is Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Gaston is an aggressive communicator. And they've got him, like, by the time he gets to the end of his song, He's like so big, like all the other humans are like this big, and he's like, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's a big one. So they're insatiable, and the relationships are disastrous. They end in, fiasco. there's another fiasco. It's interesting, the passive communicators and aggressive communicators end up in relationships together all the time. Danny says that's because they agree on one thing. I matter and you don't. Or vice versa, depending on which one you are. Passive-aggressive communicators. They're also known as chocolate-covered dragons. <laughs> chocolate-covered dragons. They present themselves as civil and pleasant, but underneath the veneer, they're plotting evil revenge. So this is like the teenage girl who's jealous of the prom queen, and she tells her that she looks so beautiful. And she offers to help her with her hair. And then she goes behind her hair and she chews wads of gum and sticks them in it. Well, we know what that's going to end in. That was another fiasco. Okay. Healthy communication, on the other hand, is assertive. Assertive. Now, you guys remember the, I know, I'm old. Do you remember the assertiveness joke? 
I want to go to assertiveness training, but I'm afraid to ask my boss if it's okay. <laughs> Assertive, <laughs> delayed reaction. You'll think about that and we'll laugh in a minute. Okay, so assertiveness communication means you matter and so do I. Neither is more important. There's honor, there's respect. It's mutual, we understand ourselves, we understand each other, we're willing to understand each other and we are not afraid to reveal what's happening inside, not afraid to reveal, not afraid to find out what's happening inside the other person. So when we're able to do that and we're able to listen to what's happening and validate each other, validate each other's feelings, then we can take steps to meet each other's needs and respond appropriately. And we can accomplish this even if we don't agree. Even if we don't, this is so important. Why is it so important? Well, because total agreement is virtually impossible. Every person on earth has had a different experience. Every person on earth has had a different, there's so many different things. It's impossible for two people to, to agree. And actually, I think that's good. That's good because then we have to, we, we have to learn to peacefully disagree. If one or both insists on total agreement, then one way or another control and manipulation will follow. You can't because you can't. If, you're, if, you, if, you, if I, you have to agree with me, well then I have to control you. Or somebody's gotta do the whatever thing. Either way, that's unhealthy. So part of maturity, it's part of maturity in any relationship is being able to respectfully disagree. I don't believe 100% agreement is even possible. Therefore, peacefully disagreeing is the only healthy option. Okay, so that's communication, trust. Trust, trust is huge in human relationships and we need to understand that it's even more huge in the Father's heart. Matthew 18, six, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Ugh. That's God's heart about protecting the trust of the vulnerable. We've read it a hundred times, I've read it so many times, and this time through I noticed it just popped out at me. He says, one of these little ones who believe in me. So if trust is in place, that trust, the biggest trust, the greatest trust, a connection to the Father, don't mess that up. Don't put a brick in the wall of the connection between the father and an innocent child, an innocent person. It's protecting innocent, innocence. So as far as the pendulum swings one way that it's so important that we learn to trust, it swings the other way that broken trust is so damaging because it opens us up to lie after lie about love and people and God and ultimately, an orphan spirit. I'm all alone, no one cares about me. It's exactly what Jesus came to restore. Amen. Sonship and daughtership. And God designed it, he chose that we would have our needs met by relationship and communication. He knows what we need, but he still tells us to ask. This is, this is by design. And it's the same with us. 
If this is the relationship with the Father, then this is the relationship with each other. We're, we, we need to do that as humans. We need to ask the Father. We need that exchange. We need to know he heard us. We need to know he's responding. It's the same with people. I need to tell you what's going on. I need you to hear me when I tell you what's going on. And that's how trust is built. That is the cycle that builds trust. If I need something from you and I express it sincerely and you hear me and you respond, then the trust cycle is complete. So if I, I have to, we have to make a choice right from the beginning. If I say to my spouse, I feel a little hurt when you don't acknowledge the work that I do. Then my spouse has a choice to listen. This actually happened to us, by the way, one time. I had, <laughs> I had just once, I remember one, I don't know, maybe more. So I had cleaned the garage, weeded the, the front, took all the weeds out of the front of the house, this was beautiful, perfect, perfect mulch, perfect. Swept the driveway, cleaned out the entire garage. We could have eaten dinner in there. I was so excited for Mark to come home. He walked in the door. Hi. Hi. Nothing. So if I say to him, well, you live in your own little world and you never notice anything that I do, then what did I do? You live in your own little world. You never notice anything I do. And then he has uh, the choice of how to respond. Or maybe he's powerful and he is not afraid to tell me why he was distracted and didn't notice. Maybe he had made a big mistake at work that day and he was processing it. So then I have to be powerful enough to respond to him and validate what he's going through and help him process that. If I do that, then the trust cycle is complete. If I tell him that he cares more about work than he cares about me, then I've broken the trust cycle, and what have I done again? Bricks are compliments of Sterling and Gwendolyn, of course. Cutest children. Ever. This is interesting. Being completely known and accepted and completely knowing and accepting is our most satisfying human experience. That's a quote. That's Danny. That's not me. Being completely known and completely accepted and knowing and accepting is our most satisfying human experience. Okay, we're going to move on to conflict, and this is our last point. Okay, so conflict, oh, that never happens. Well, at least it doesn't happen before 6 in the morning. So humans, we're humans, right? Conflict is essentially inevitable with humans. If there were no other humans, there would be no conflict. Right? Right, Beth? So we can either each have our own planet or we can learn how to handle conflict. I don't see that there's a much in the middle. Those are the choices. 
We can either each have our own planet or we can learn how to handle conflict. So Danny offers a list of conflict-resisting strength training exercises. So these are like our 10-pound weights. So every morning, the first thing I do is I do my weights. Why do I do that? I do that because my arms, my legs, and my abs are going to be put through a lot. During the day, I'm going to be doing strenuous activity, and uh, there's always the potential that I'm going to strain something, so I do that ahead of time. I strengthen every day so that at the end of the day, I'm not strained, I'm not pulled, I'm good. So this is exactly what these are. Um, strength, training, conflict, preventing exercises. There's a lot of them in the book. I really recommend. I've, this is a, I picked my five favorite. I think there's a page, a page, page and a half. They're very, very, very good. So my top five, this is like the, the late show. My top five. One, our first goal in conversation is to understand each other. Two, my thoughts, feelings, and needs are important, and so are yours. Three, it's my job to tell you what's going on inside me, and your job to tell me what's going on inside you. We do not have powers of telepathy. Well, if he knew me, he would know what was going on. If he loved me, he'd be reading my mind right now, and he'd be buying me a diamond necklace. We do not have powers of telepathy. No diamond necklace. I will not make judgment statements or tell you how you must change. And number five, it's my job to manage my heart so that I can respond to you in love and cast out fear in our relationship. I'm going to read that one again. It's my job to manage my heart so I can respond to you in love and cast out fear in our relationship. So then, when conflict happens, our connection muscles are strong, and the minor stuff doesn't stand a chance. Right? How many things are just going to go up? Nope. Nope. But if something does penetrate through the, through the wall of protection, we can start by recognizing and circumventing fear, and then just... Start over, start the, healthy, start the healthy connection, express what's happening inside each of us, respectfully respond, honor and respect. Respectful conversation, this is very good, means one speaker and one listener at all times. Respectful conversation means one speaker and one listener at all times. If no one's listening, then there's no conversation. If no one's listening, there's no conversation. It's then each listener's responsibility to acknowledge what the other person needs and meet that need. And each time we do that, we strengthen our muscles. We strengthen each time. We get better as we practice like anything else. Grace and John are going to do their tune-up. They're going to do that. We're going to practice. They're going to practice. They get better. Why are they so darn good at that prophetic? Because they've done it. They've done it, and they've done it, and they've done it. It's the same thing. 
everything, how many things in life? We get better as we practice. Conflict resolution becomes easier and more natural. And a side note on that is there is something called the conflict cycle, which I talk about in detail in my own book, which is absolutely amazing. And I recommend even just, you can Google it. Why, why, why is that funny? Uh, yeah, well, or just really, I'm serious, Google it. So many life applications to the conflict cycle and how it works and how you stop it when. So if you understand what's happening at each part, there's four parts to it. If you understand what's happening at each part and you know when to stop it, it's amazing. It is amazing, the results. Such a powerful tool. I've used it so many times, I can't even imagine now. I mean, actually, I, I can remember before using it. At this point in my life, I don't know, I can't live without, the, without knowing how to use the conflict cycle properly. So that was um, what was that? That was healthy versus unhealthy. There's all these words are kind of similar. And you know, you're working on someone else's work, so it's like, okay, so what, what did we just do? We just did healthy versus unhealthy communication, trust, the trust cycle, and conflict, and of course the conflict cycle. So now John talked about, a few weeks ago, John talked about gifts and strengths here in this church, the many, he had people stand up, there's so many, so many, well, so much good stuff going on, the skills and talents and desires of all of you, all of us to do good things and see people come into victory and see lives changed. There was a prophetic word about new hope being a safe place, remember? For people to come and be restored, and this is all part of that. What is God doing? So what is God doing? Well, he's teaching us to speak to people the way he speaks to them. He wants us to be relevant. He wants us to be genuine and authentic and timely, accurate arrows, skilled, skilled in the things that are pertinent to everyday life, the things that are going on out there, and genuine, so that when somebody says to us, my marriage is a mess, what do we say? I know a good divorce attorney. Well, what do you say? Well, you know what? I just read this amazing book. And it's just, it's like really relevant and addresses these everyday issues and really gives us tools to overcome and tools to break the walls down. There's a whole world out there. There's a whole lot of messes. God is doing this here now for us. We start with ourselves, and then what do we do? Just like anything else, do we keep it here? Of course not. We start with ourselves, and then what do we do? I almost guarantee every one of you right now can think of people that are in conflict or conflicts that are happening or drama that's happening. There's drama. <laughs> There's drama out there. There's a whole bunch of messes out there. So after us... There's a whole world, and we have the tools, and I believe with all my heart that God wants us to have those tools, and he wants us to use them and be relevant and speak to people in their own terms. So, you know, did you guys notice, for those of you that are reading the book, it's, it's, there's nothing stuffy or religious about this book. I would give this book to anyone. It's very, very relevant. 
I think a question we could ask ourselves is how much time is wasted? How much time do you think is wasted? Out there? We have statistics on everything. Statistics are available on everything you can imagine. I would like somebody to tell us how much time is wasted every day or every year on drama. So Father, we accept the challenge. We want to be skilled workers for taking the walls down. Start with ourselves, get good at it, get strong, get our 10 pound weights, start with ourselves and then do it. Bring it out there, reproduce. Reproduce victory, lasting victory. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like more information or additional resources, please check us out at newhopecom.org. Thanks and have a blessed week.